ladies, have you been led astray? Did you diddle where maybe you shouldn't have dabbled? Have you been unfaithful to your husband, wife, partner, main squeeze? Well, there's a judgment-free podcast just for you. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, hosted by Rebecca Adams, tells the stories of these women from their perspective, anonymously and without judgment. He got out of his car and tried to kiss me. I pulled back. I was still not wanting an affair. I was not sure what I wanted. Most likely, I just liked the way it felt to be wanted. This did not stop his calls. Several more weeks went by and we met up again, this time by the water. After walking and talking for an hour, I could not take the suspense anymore. I leaned in and kissed him. It was like fireworks. If you need to come clean, get it off your chest, confess your sins with no Hail Marys required, then Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is the podcast for you. And remember, it's completely anonymous and judgment-free. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey, it's Scott Lander, DJ Love God from Z100, and you're listening to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. What does the word ponder actually mean? According to one dictionary, it means to weigh in the mind, to think about and reflect on. On Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, we do just that. We discuss taboo and questionable subject matter. For example, size. Does it really matter? Or do you really want to know the number of partners your significant other has been with? Or what about stories of disastrous one-night stands? How about being in a sexless marriage? These and other topics are what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, and welcome back. Thank you so much for your patience while I was on a break for the summer. It was well needed, so many different things happening that unless I can give good uh, attention to my podcast, I don't want to do it. I'm, I don't like half-assed things, I guess you could say. So on that note, welcome back. And today is kind of an interesting episode Back in the 80s, there was a radio station in the Portland, Oregon area known as Z100. Okay, let me restart that. It is still Z100 in Portland, but back in the 80s, they had switched over and they became the pop station. I'm not sure what it was beforehand, but they had the well-known Morning Zoo, which ran for like five hours or four hours in the morning and they would do silly stuff, much like pop stations do today, but you really got to know people. It was before social media, and so listening to the radio and hearing all of that was a big deal. So I, um, just growing up in the area, my friend and I one time, we had been talking, we'd call the radio station being silly, and this was in the early 90s, 
we had actually um, called and done requests for one of the DJs, and his name is Scott Lander in Portland. And at one point, I think my friend and I actually went up and saw him at the studio and um, would run into him in town and stuff like that. Well, I'd always kind of wondered what had happened to him, and uh, lo and behold, he lived in the same town, actually grew up in the town where I had been living for the last 20 years. So that was cool. It was good to reconnect and catch up, and he's been a great supporter of this podcast. He's even sent in some uh, information when I've been polling people, surveying for the podcast on Let's Ponder. So anyway, I wanted to interview him to find out what really happens behind the scenes. You know, radio DJs, maybe they're different now, I don't know. But back then, you know, what was the scene like? We had celebrities coming into town, being interviewed on the radio station. Of course, there was no Zoom, you know, interviews, none of that. Um, The party scene, getting hooked on things, being in you know, the middle of all of this. And he was kind enough to agree to come on the show and share his experience of when he was coming up through working at Z100 and how being a part of that at a young age, you know, what that did and where he is now. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to finally talk with me. Oh, no worries. Thank you. I grew up in a little tiny town called North Plains. I've heard of it. But of course, Portland was our music stations for there. <laughs> been there, been and, to North uh, Plains, yes. Uh, but of course, it's changed a lot probably since I've grown up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not so much country anymore. It's kind of high-end housing. It is. is and my house yeah. is actually now an art studio. Oh, wow. I know. It's weird. It's kind of a weird thing <laughs> that it do that so well my my hometown has changed a lot too i was raised in vancouver and i live in vancouver today and vancouver has changed tremendously since i was a kid it is uh it is a big city now a sprawl if you will and we just moved from there we moved out to goldendale and so much has changed in the last um about 15 years since I moved to Vancouver. It's just not the same. Mm-mm. No, it's not the same. No, it's it's, uh, it's growing up downtown Vancouver is definitely, uh, you know, some people like it. Some people don't like it. Everyone kind of agrees that the waterfront is cool. The new oh, waterfront. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's really interesting. But uh, a lot of it people don't like. They don't like the big, you know, condo complexes and apartment complexes and all that stuff that's popping up everywhere. They kind of tend to look down on it. Well, and the crime, sadly. Yeah. All that came That's across the river. <laughs> yes, it did. We've got it. We've got it over here. Yeah. We're you know, we have homeless Portland. issues and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's not good. So, well, thank you again. And I just wanted to chat with you as a person from the Portland metro area who grew up listening to, of course, Z100 in Portland. and Z100. Back in the day, um, early 90s, I met you in person, and we chatted a few times, and I've always wondered what had happened to you when I didn't hear your voice on the radio anymore, and then (laughs) came across you on social media, so it was great to be able to reconnect. So I just wanted to kind of get to know you, let the listeners get to know you about life as as a DJ, 
you wow. know, in a big city and sure. and uh, all of that. And we'll go back to the beginning if that's okay. That'd be and fun. I will, of course, edit anything and cut everything out at the end. This isn't live by any means. So okay. everything that's will fun. be chopped down. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. So, hey, you've talked online a lot about your... Well, not so much about your childhood, but you talk a lot about your mother, your mom. And yes. I see your father was in World War II and went to Germany. Is that where your parents met? No, they met here. They met in Ridgefield, Washington is where they met. My, um, wow. my mom is British. She uh, moved here. I believe she came here to marry somebody else. It was actually she Ooh. moved here for a different guy. And then uh, she met my dad after they divorced. She met my dad. And um, they uh, fell in love quick and... Uh, had a bunch of kids. Yeah. And if your dad was in World War II, you were kind of, were you at the end of the line of the kids there? I'm middle kid. There's a uh, younger brother, my brother, Chris. I have an older brother, um, uh, Tony. And then uh, I have a, a half brother from my dad's first marriage named okay. Larry, and who we never see. We never see that guy. I don't know what he's doing right now. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. He's kind of removed himself a little bit from the family. But um, yeah, everyone else is pretty tight. That's cool. So, and I had asked that question if your parents, or at least your father, had you a little bit later in life. Because I think World War II, that was my grandparents. And you're not that yeah. much older than me. And no. so that's... No, definitely not yet. He had, uh, he had kids very late in life. And my brother is... Uh, see, he's about... Uh, seven years younger than me, eight years younger than me. And uh, my dad was probably in his forties when he had, when he had Chris. Wow. So yeah, they were, they were kind of, you know, my mom was a little bit younger. She was eight, nine years younger than my dad. So yeah. Jeez. So later in life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it sounds like overall you had a pretty good childhood growing up. I had a pretty good childhood. I had good friends a lot of good friends, a lot of good people um, in my life. Um, you know, my, my brother and I, Chris, are pretty tight. And, um, you know, I grew up uh, kind of looking at my brother, Tony, too. Tony's really into history. And he was into classical music when I was a kid and stuff like that. And he got me into all that stuff. I know it's kind of weird to say, but uh, that's something that I love more than anything. Because I love history and classical music and mm -hmm. and um all of that and, and I really credit Tony to a real degree for, for getting me into that and, and making it sound interesting and it is. Um, but yeah, but I had a good childhood. I, I had a lot of great friends growing up and some of them I still talk to today. That's cool. And you were what you graduated in Vancouver. I did Fort Vancouver High School, eighty five. Vancouver. Oh, I gave away my age. Oh you say we talk about the truth here. But no, that's no, okay. I <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're. I was class of ninety, and uh, my sister was class of eighty six, and the guy sure. I'm getting married to was class of eighty three, and my okay. husband that passed away was class of eighty two. So you're not. <laughs> oh boy, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I feel old then. But, oh, uh, but you know, but I no, actually, you know what? I feel like I'm thirty five. I feel like I'm mm -hmm. 35. How I look, I don't know. I don't care. But uh, I, I feel like I'm about 35 years old. 30, 35. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So in high school, you know, we all talk about what kind of jobs we want to do and what we want to be when we grow up. Mm -hmm. Was How did you come across 
you know, back in the day when we were still probably using records and cassettes. I don't know. Yes, we were. Um, records and cassettes, that was it. the DJ world. How did you get into that? Well, it was a, uh, it was kind of something I really fell into. You know, um, when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be into, you know, medicine. I wanted to be a medical doctor or a, a dentist or something like that, a pharmacist maybe. Um, and so I took all those classes and uh, did fairly well. But uh, I uh, met a person when I was still in high school that really inspired me to, to get into radio. A guy named Chep Buchanan, who uh, today oh, yeah, is the uh, morning. Him. Yeah, remember Chep? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the mornings is Z100 for a while, 20 years ago. Um, but he's been um, doing mornings for at least that long um, in Las Vegas. And he is uh, a very dear friend and a mentor. And he really got me into radio. He really inspired me to do it. And so did other people, too. Gary Bryan, Michelle Rompakis, other people that I met, Sean Lynch. Um, you know, people that I met along the way, uh, that really, really got me into it, kept me into it. And, um, that's kind of how I fell into radio that, you know, it was not something that I had planned. I wasn't a kid. I wasn't 10, 12 years old and listening to the radio going, I want to do that. I'm going to be a DJ when I grow up. It wasn't that mm -hmm. way at all with me. You know, I was, I was kind of a different kid. I played saxophone. I like big band music. I listened to the radio too. I listened to, you know, I guess back in the day it was Magic 107 and KYTE and mm -hmm. and 62 KGW, the AM station that was kind of a an adult top 40, I guess you would call it. Um, oh, yeah, I listened I to them back that. in the back in the 70s and 80s. That was awesome because I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I'm spacing out on the name um, of the guy that was always on there, and then he was on K103. Um, oh, Craig K103. Walker. <laughs> Craig Walker, of course. He was on KGW. He and John yes. Erickson, and they moved over to K103. Yeah. Yes, I remember. I remember. Craig's a great guy. So is John. So was it? I mean, you have the voice for it. I mean, not everybody's going to have a voice for radio. And back then it was, it's not like today where anybody can do a podcast or anybody can do anything they want because they have a computer. Sure. But, you know, getting into that, did they have to put you through any kind of training or how does that, how did you <laughs> get in, get in other than the inspiration from the, the other men? Well, I uh, got into promotions first. I was doing promotions at Z100 as an intern. I was just an intern. I, I would help out the promotions director, Michelle, and uh, she would tell me some, what to do, and I would do it. And I eventually, you know, kind of, you know, really, really got some confidence together, something that I didn't have, I hadn't had for a long time in my childhood. I got mm -hmm. some confidence together and, and kind of pushed myself into, into being on the radio, um, starting out being a board op. You know, not being on the air, but just just running the board for syndicated shows. Like the mm -hmm. countdown shows, like uh, they had one called John Landers Hit Music USA, uh, which was played on Sunday night. That's how I got my name, Scott Lander. My real name was Scott Holton. Mm -hmm. um, but that's uh, how I took the name Lander, and uh, I took it from John Lander. And um, I was just a board op at that point. But um, as far as, you know, having a big, a deep voice and stuff like that, that's so unimportant now. There was a time when uh, everyone looked up to those guys. The guys with the big, deep voice. They talk like this. I'm an angry white yeah. guy. Right. You know, either that or they, or they, uh, you know, just had that, that pukey thing going on. Hey, right. 10 songs in a row coming up next. Keep it on Z100. Yeah. You know, we had... We had those guys too. That's not important anymore. You know, now you don't, you don't have to have a big, huge voice. 
You're going to have an average, everyday voice. Personality is key. Content on the radio is key. You know, how you deliver that content, how you provide that content every day, every break. That's what's most important. Um, Sure. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I mean, like I was saying, I'm a podcaster, obviously, and um, grew up singing and, and all of that. And I wanted to do something with my voice. Of course, I wanted to grow up to be a singer. But that didn't sure. work out. I played in my band with my dad, went into the bar at 16, you know, to play music. Kind wow, of a thing. that's cool. But, <laughs> <woo. laughs> um, but, you know, life happened and I didn't get to fulfill that dream. So here I am now able to use my voice in a different way. But you can listen to podcasts and there are some people on there that just you want to clear your own throat when you're listening to them. Because their right. voice sounds it's like so they need bad. To it's just like voice. fingers raking down a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Those, like, if your voice is that awful, it's going to stand out. It's going to be something that's going to be a bit of an impedance Ooh. to your success, probably. Absolutely, absolutely. So once you got into the DJ world, of course, now there are musicians cycling through maybe concerts. I remember, like the what was it, the end of summer. Um, Last Chance Summer Dance. Yes, the Last Chance yes. Summer Dance and people filtering through and you working with those people. Sure. How did that affect you? I mean, how did you cope with that and friends saying, oh, I can get in with him because, <laughs> you know, this person. I can and get And kind of being the local celebrity. Right. Yeah. It was actually pretty easy to do. Uh, celebrities are easy to deal with for the most part. I mean, they, they, they all kind of go through the the different radio stations, the circuit, you know, they stop up at this radio station, talk interview with one DJ, one morning show. They go to a different radio station across town or in a nearby city and they do the same thing. So they, it, they're pretty used to it. You know, it's just, it's kind of by the numbers for those guys. I think for the most part, every once in a while you crack them a little bit and they, they seem to love you a little bit more and they give you a little bit more than maybe they gave the next guy, but it's all pretty much the same. I I've had good interviews. I've had bad interviews. I've had interviews where they actually made fun of me. The Gin Blossoms. Remember the Gin oh, Blossoms? Hey, I love the jealousy. Gin Blossoms. Yeah. Yeah, maybe well, not they, so they, more anymore. <laughs> I, I interviewed them on Z100, and uh, they was they started they started making fun of me on the radio. <laughs> hey, it's Skylander, Z100. They started doing one of those kind of things. I didn't think I sounded that way. They did, you know, they were just having fun. They were just having fun. It wasn't anything meant to be derogatory or anything like that, but it was it was definitely something that was kind of like, oh man, here we go. You know, they, they're, <laughs> they're probably just used to making fun of radio. They've probably had so many bad experiences at radio stations. Chances mm-hmm. are, they just kind of look at all at all of them the same way. You know, they, they really right. do. And I've had great interviews. Uh, Chili from TLC was one of the greatest mm-hmm. interviews I've ever mm-hmm. done. She was absolutely fantastic. Just a funny, funny. And since then, I've read that she's not so easy to get along with. And I disagree. I, you know, I, I read something the other day that said that you know, they had a something online about different celebrities that were difficult to talk to and get along with. And Chili from TLC was one of them. And I thought, that's not true. That's not true at all. She was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous and hilarious. You know, so. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've had I've had I've interviewed many people. All the people from backstage at the Last Chance Summer Dance that was a given. Uh, you know, people who's coming, people that were coming to do shows in Portland, um, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, we got backstage. We got to talk to him. Got to meet him. Got to talk to him. Got to hang with him. I have to admit that I got us free tickets to it um, through my daughter because she's 
she's just a big pop music type person like mm-hmm. I am. And I actually, this was before I could do audio and send it over. So I video recorded her to the beginning of Baby Got Back. And she totally did it. Oh, my God, Becky. Oh look my at her God, butt. Becky. And I sent it in to see what 100 and one ticket. Oh, that's great. What was the uh, last chance summer dance? You remember who was there? Was it Mix a Lot? Uh, Sir Mix a Lot was. Oh, she was okay. probably about eight or nine years old. Oh wow! Yeah, what a, what a good mom. Yeah, I was oh, there. I was there for that show. I was there somewhere. I don't know where, but backstage, probably on the stage. I was there. Yeah, those were the best events. Those are the best events because you not only got to meet the artists, but you got to meet the people. You know, you got to meet the listeners and stuff like that. And that was the best part of the whole thing for me. You know, being on stage and then. They introduce you and the whole crowd is like, ah, you know, it, it definitely is an adrenaline rush. I could imagine. I can imagine that. And I'm sure New Shoes, I actually took voice lessons with Valerie Day from New Shoes back in the early 90s. Really? And, I had a friend that, uh, that did that was, too. She, I knew she was giving out lessons. Yeah, she was. And yeah. we had to drive. She lived over in Laurelhurst and it was in her house and she was just so cool. It was before she ever had her son. And I mean, it was like 1991, 92 before I ever had my daughter. So it was sure. a long time ago. It's, it was neat to be able to say I knew her back then, you know. <laughs> oh, they were great people. They are great they, people. I haven't, yes. I haven't talked to Valerie Day in at least 30 years. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know that she was a really, really nice, nice, nice girl. How did that affect, well, your celebrity status, though, your personal life? When people knew you worked for Z100, how did that change the way people looked at you or so it felt in, in you know, your personal life? Well, it's uh, it's kind of a part, part of the whole equation that's easy to, how can I put this? Um, you know, like when you first meet somebody. Breaking the ice. That's what I'm trying to say. Breaking the ice. You know, when you're on the radio and you meet people, um, the ice is kind of already partly broken, you know, because they sure. feel they know you. You know, you don't really know them, but you're mm-hmm. talking to them. They already feel like they know you, you know, and they like you. They, they, they already, they've already kind of got in their <laughs> mind, right or wrong, they've already got in their mind what you're all about, even sometimes what you look like. I mean, the whole thing, you know. I've been told that I look blonde, that I sound blonde, excuse me. I'm like, blonde? I sound blonde. You know, uh, how can that be? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a guy who sounds blonde. Okay, so fine. Um, but, uh, you know, you, it's breaking the ice. You meet somebody, it's easy to meet to meet women. You know, it really is for a guy, you know, because you, uh, they, they come up to you. They're sometimes very aggressive. Sure. Um, uh, sometimes people in general can be very aggressive. You know, so they they just want to they want to know you, they want to talk to you and stuff like that, and and I I kind of I liked it, I liked that part of it, especially as a young guy. I was in my twenties, you know, when I worked at Z One Hundred. I didn't leave until I was about thirty one, thirty two, and uh, when I finally left the night show at Z, so it was a it was a fun part of life. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that was kind of what brought me to the questions of how your life might have changed aside from women, but just in general. And this is based on some of the personal things you've posted regarding addictions and things like that. Sure. Was that starting to happen when you were partying with the D, you know, as a DJ and people like that, or do you feel oh, it was something else? Yeah. Absolutely. I was a very heavy drinker. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I, I really enjoyed drinking a lot. You know, I, I would do it on school nights, work nights. I would do it every chance that I got. You know, um, it was. Uh, it's kind of weird because I didn't really grow up that way. You know, mm-hmm. my uh, my dad drank a little bit, but none of us here were really heavy drinkers. And you know, so as a kid, and when I first got into radio, I hardly drank at all. It was very very rare that I drank at all. Um, but uh, you know, you you meet other people your age. You know, you start partying a little bit, you go into radio, you start meeting people, women, friends, whatever. And uh, yeah, you know, you're, 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 you're going. The, the thing with me was, is that I didn't know when to stop. You know, I didn't know when to just say, okay, I've had a few drinks. That's enough. And just turn around and go home. You know, I would, I would drink till, you know, to excess to say the least, you know, I would go to excess and, you know, and, and uh, drive and everything else. You know, it's a miracle that I never got a DUI because I drank and drove all the time. You know, wow. and I'm not proud. Yeah, I'm not proud of it. It's it's, it's well, no. shameful. You know, it's it's something I'm, I'm lucky that I didn't hurt anyone else, didn't hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it was just that way. And you've been sober for a while now, right? Yes, yes I have. Because you've talked about that and... Finding the positives in life and working on those steps. May I ask how long? Seven and a half years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's it's hard, and I'm sure you have to work through forgiveness of yourself. Yeah, you do. For decisions that you made or how it affected relationships you know, Absolutely like you're just saying, you're not proud of what you did. I'm not proud of no. the things that I did, but we really have to figure out how to forgive ourselves so that we can try and heal and move forward. And that, I think, is the number one uh, challenge in addictions. Yes, you got to move forward. You got to forgive yourself and move forward. There's nothing about hard. it. Yeah, my my yeah. my drinking affected relationships. I lost a couple of good friends because of it. Mm. Um, you know, I got in trouble at work because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, you know, I look back at some of the stuff and it was just so stupid and small and ridiculous, you know, and, and, and that the effect was so, so big, you know, and it's, it's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's something you look back and you just kind of get the eebie-jeebies, you know, up and down your spine. You're like, oh man, I never want to do that again. I don't sure. want to be there. I don't want to do that again. You know, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to, 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 um, affect myself, affect others that way. I don't want to do it. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but I've, I've definitely affected relationships because of my drinking and whatnot. Now, personal questions. Did you ever get married and have kids? Never got married. I was engaged twice. I got engaged at 19 to a girl. We were just too young. Sure. Uh, We didn't know what the heck we were doing. And uh, then I got engaged again to a girl that I had known for, for many years and it just didn't work out. I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready. I was still drinking at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it was, it was obvious that I wasn't really ready for, for her to be the right guy for her and, and uh, to really do the, do the whole relationship justice. Um, so we broke that off and she's actually married now. <laughs> mm. So married with kids, married with three kids. It's all good. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Well, there's still time in life, right? It's not too. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll see. 
we'll see how it rolls out. I I, I plan on uh, being single for a while, but if I bump into somebody, it's going to be totally spontaneous. It's going to be just one of those mm-hmm. kind of things where I literally trip over somebody in the street, sure. you know, and fall over and go, well, what are you doing down there? Who are you? Right. Oh, you must be that person that, uh, you know, I'm supposed to meet and uh, be with, you know, forever. Sure. So we'll see how sure. it goes. Yes. Yeah. Not looking for love, but it just exactly. happens kind of a thing. Yeah, that's sure. It. That's it. Well, I know that, at least to me, you kind of disappeared from the metro area for a while. We didn't hear else. your voice. Yeah, I was gone after, um, see, after I worked at... Uh, Rosie 105, now 105 won the buzz, mm-hmm. is what it is. I worked there through uh, 2001, 2002, 2001. Then I moved to Boise, Idaho. I worked at a, did a morning show over there uh, for a very short time. Um, and then I came back for a while. Then I went to Fresno, California. And I was down there for about a year and a half. And uh, worked in Fresno at a station called Alice 96.7. It was kind of a alternative modern AC, what they call it type radio station um kind of leaned on the rockish side of things uh then from there i went to uh, to las vegas and i, I was there twice mm. I, I moved there once and i worked at a couple different stations a station called fresh 1027 a station called hot 97.5 i worked there then i left and that's when i when i came back to portland to be with uh the woman that i would have that i became engaged to um and uh then I got another job back down working for the same company that I was working at with Hot 97.5. They put a new radio station on the air, and um, they wanted me to to go down there and do the morning show. So I went down there to do the morning show, and it just didn't work out. The station had a really lousy signal. Um, it was, you know, it was the way that they – it just wasn't really positioned well to, for success is what I – the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back again. And uh, came back and started working at KUPL. Later became the Bull. Um, worked there for uh, for several years, actually. I was there for several years. And um, then I was off the air for a long time. And I've just recently gotten back on the air again. I'm doing voice tracking. That's where I'm talking to you from right now is my home studio. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, uh, I'm doing voice tracking for a radio station in Longview, Kelso called KLOG. And it's a classic hit station, kind of like the Eagle in Portland. It's very mm-hmm. much like that. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of back into it again and uh, trying to get people interested in, in hiring me. That's awesome. That's Thank awesome. You. And you seem like you're doing pretty good these days. I feel like you're I'm doing pretty good. leveling doing off pretty good. and spending time with your um, your mom or mom. And, me mom. Uh, yes, me mom. Give me spending mom. Spending time with mom and brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, things are okay. Things are okay. I live a pretty boring existence all in all. You know, know, I've got the places that I go to on a regular basis. I go see movies, things like that. You go to restaurants. I've seen you talk about a few of those places that I've been to. And I'm like, oh, I know where he's at. (laughs) But now that I'm no longer in Vancouver, there's only a few places in Goldendale that a person can actually go to. (laughs) Sure. Well, you know, I like the places that are down there on the waterfront, too. There's a place called 13 Coins down there. It's a restaurant that actually they had. It was kind of a small chain. They had a couple of them or have a couple of them in Seattle. And that's where I had previously been to one. Well, they opened up one in Vancouver at the waterfront. And I got to go down there. It's just a great restaurant. 
We had a place for breakfast. We had a place for dinner. Uh, the one in Seattle was open all night when it was opened by Seattle mm-hmm. Center. And uh, you could go up there and at 2 o'clock in the morning, you could have a steak and nice. whatever else. It was really outstanding. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I got an cool. El Gaucho down there now. I've El heard El Gaucho that. Steakhouse. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I think the only places that we really went was Twigs. I think we went up to Barlow's once and the yeah, Barlow's. Um, the other one across from Twigs there. Uh, uh, Wildfin. Yes, Wildfin. Yeah. Yep. Been there. So, yeah. And the, and the, well, I live out here near Mary Hill Winery and I know that they have a little storefront there as well. I think I've seen it. I've never been yeah. in there before, but I believe that I've seen it there on the, yes, from the road. Yeah. It's there and yeah, it's, uh, it's changed. That shows a different part of Vancouver than if you go up Fourth Plain toward uh, Andreessen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little yes. bit of a different one. Vancouver so. can be a little shady. There are parts of Vancouver that are shady. There's no doubt about that. Fourth Plane, 18th, anything off there. Uh, you know, it's not quite as bad as parts of Portland that have become really. Yeah. There are parts of Northeast and Southeast Portland that are definitely shady. And, you know, we get calls over there sometimes. Uh, uh, that's what I do now. I drive a taxi cab. Um, oh, so I'm doing okay. I'm doing that, and I'm and I'm actually uh, voice tracking uh, the radio station. So that's cool. It's just keeping yeah. you busy, and I do a bunch yes. of little jobs. I left dentistry, and for the most part, and I'm just doing little things here and there, and it's kind of nice. That's cool. That's very so cool. I gotta ask um, yeah. if you can answer this. What was your most memorable or favorite moment working in Z100? Oh, man, there were so many of them, you know, definitely uh, doing the night show there for sure. You know, that was that was really fun. And I, I, I had been there for some years before that, before I started doing nights, mm-hmm. doing part time and then doing overnights. I did the overnight show back when they had overnight radio people. It's mm-hmm. something that's unheard of anymore. Um, right. But uh, even a live night show is kind of rare rarity. They usually do syndicated or, or simulcast uh, night shows now on radio stations all mm-hmm. over the place. And uh, but the night show for me was was where I really broke out of my shell. That's where I really started doing radio the way I wanted to do it, and mm-hmm. and it was very free form. It was um, you know desperate and dateless. I did that dating show for a few years, and that was really fun. And I uh, met a lot of people that way, and it just kind of became a, a real real benchmark at, at that on that show at that radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the night show was great fun. Absolutely great fun. Just meeting the listeners, meeting the celebs that came through, whatnot, really, you know, really growing into myself, um, becoming the kind of radio person that I wanted to be. That's awesome. And of course, what would be your least favorite or worst thing from working there that you recall? Oh, boy. I don't know. I got in trouble once um, because I, uh, I got in trouble a couple of times there. But I got I got in trouble once because <laughs> this is horrible and I shouldn't be laughing at it. But um, I made fun of the morning zoo on my show. Someone had called up, uh, you know, and, and the morning zoo was a huge morning show. And oh, everyone on there, yes, good good friends of mine, Dan Clark, Tony Martinez. Uh, at the time it was John Murphy. Um, oh yeah, all these people are, are good friends, good people. But um, I uh, I heard something. The, the caller called in and said, "Yeah, they were making funny on the morning zoo this morning, Lander." Like really? Yeah, man. They're talking about you telling you you're you know this 
kind of a schmoozy schmooze playboy and stuff like that and and which was probably kind of true to be perfectly honest at the time um but uh so i just i started taking phone calls and it turned into this huge thing where everybody that had a problem with the morning zoo was calling up on the radio but i've got dozens and dozens and dozens of phone calls of people just going yeah the morning zoo man i want to talk about a morning show that's over with and done you know they've they've been doing that doing that gig for a long time now. Why don't you give it up and do something else? You know <laughs> that kind of stuff. I didn't you know so I started putting those calls on the radio. Mm. My concern was was that uh, I didn't want it to sound like I was being vindictive or being evil because that wasn't the case that I wanted. That's not what I wanted to mm-hmm. portray. It was supposed to be fun. They make fun of me. I'm making fun of them. So, but I got in trouble for it. Well, I called him. The PD called me in, and the morning show was sitting there and. And stuff like that. And nothing else happened after that. There wasn't any real consequences other than having to sit down and talking. But um, it was something that, uh, you know, something I had to deal with. You know, it, was, it kind of sucked. Mm. It really did. I kind of re- I kind of realized my limits at that point, you know. Sure. <laughs> and I remember Don't clearly- make fun of the morning zoo. The Whatever morning- you do, you do anything else, just don't make fun of the zoo. Right. <laughs> you might they are have- holy. Holier I- than holy. For the longest time, I had a CD collection. This was back in the Clinton era where they did, um, oh, the music. They would make fun of uh, fun of the phone calls between Monica Lewinsky and... Um, What's her name? Don Clinton. Not Clinton. It was the woman. And I've, of course, watched docu-series since then. But, um, oh, the gal that she worked with. And they just, they did a fun, they had some fun stuff on there. But, yeah, they'd been around for a long time. Because I think I was. Oh, yeah, the zoo's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's totally different now. It's a. John Jay and Rich. Yes, right. which is is John that Jane even Rich. local? They're in Phoenix. There's a station called KZZP in Phoenix. Okay, so that's one yeah. of those shared or syndicated situations. It's a syndicated that you were morning show. Talking about, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, think the they morning were zoo local. was great. Morning Zoo was great. I, when I first got to Z100, there was a guy named Gary Bryan, who now does mornings at a radio station called K-Earth in Los Angeles. And he uh, he was the morning show host and the PD, the program director of Z100. And he was one of those people that inspired me as well. Mm. Just a, just an absolutely incredible morning person. Really, really outstanding, truly. And, um, and, a, and, a, and a really good guy. We've kind of stayed in touch with each other over the years. But... Um, yeah, he just yeah he then who else was after who was after Gary? There was there was John Murphy, Billy Hayes, um, oh for the love of Pete, I'm, I'm I know there's another name in there somewhere that I'm not thinking of right now at the moment, but a lot of people have hosted that show and they've always done a great job with it. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it's good to know, get to know the man behind the voice. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been fun. Thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate that. Thank you all for being here today. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss the topic of whether or not you would raise a child that was conceived due to infidelity. If you have a story or a little 
opinion on that, feel free to email me. There's still time. Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Over on Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, our first story after coming back was Flora, and that was released just yesterday from when I'm recording this on September 3rd. And on Patreon, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we listened to Bones Story Part 1, and Part 2 will stream this Friday, September 7th. So, stay tuned. We'll be back. Hope you have a great week. You have been listening to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This controversial yet no judgment podcast is a safe place where women can share their stories anonymously of why they chose to be unfaithful. If you have feedback or suggestions for future Let's Ponder topics, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.